Any honest parent will admit to the sting that's involved when we're told we have room for improvement in the way that we're raising our kids. As a parent, very few things are harder to accept. Just the other day in a conversation with my own son, I realized I had some room for improvement. But even parenting professionals with quotes around that need to admit that there's always room for their own improvement, if they're being honest. Yet the realization of our need for help can be very humbling, and that's especially true of parents who've put their kids in a residential program like Shepherd's Hill Academy and then seen their best efforts fall flat when that child returns home. Though never perfect, effective parenting is intentional parenting. It's not by chance. We'll be talking about that today on License to Parent. Well, hello again, and thanks for joining us for today's edition of License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and their families. I'm Rich Rosel, and our host on License to Parent is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry. And uh, Trace, you know, we've talked about perfect parents, and I can't even count the number of times I've heard you say that the only perfect parent who ever existed was God the Father, and look at what his first two kids did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Well, even though, as you say, perfect parenting um, is difficult to come by, especially when we measure ourselves against God, that parenting is no guarantee that our kids are going to be exactly what we would expect them to be once they leave the nest. I mean, you see totally transformed kids leaving Shepherd's Hill all the time, and I know Shepherd's Hill's standard for success is quite high uh, for this type of program. But even so, you still see some of those transformations returning to Shepherd's Hill occasionally for that refresher course. Uh, why do you think that is? Well, that's true, Rich. Um but, you know, as our guest has written in his book, there, there's, a, there's a direct correlation between the buy-in that parents have and the commitment they have to getting their own parenting ducks in a row uh, you know, while juniors at Shepherd's Hill Academy. I mean, both of these things are an insurance policy of sorts uh, for junior success when he gets home. Because once their child comes home, uh, parents have to build on all that, that Shepherd's Hill or any other program has equipped them with uh, you know, w- while they're in our care. Uh, they have to take the baton and then continue an ongoing culture of familial health based on, as in the case of Shepherd's Hill, a biblical worldview. Uh, because the great thing about living out a biblical worldview uh, when it comes to mental health and parenting is that it's logically congruent, it's historically yeah. effective, and despite common misconceptions, it's scientifically supported. It's, it's everything that's right and good about today's mental health field. And it applies to any society or culture on the planet in any time, regardless of how ungodly that culture might be. So to the degree families get on board with these timeless standards, especially love your neighbor as yourself and do unto others as you would have them do unto you, the parent-child relationship lottery has been won. But parents have got to be intentional about it because it truly doesn't happen by chance. Right. We've always talked about being very intentional in the way you parent, and that's the very reason we do this program is to equip parents with some of the insights we've gained here so that they can be intentional yeah. and avoid the need yeah, for Yeah, I think we're doing care. on the front end right. what our guest today is trying to do on the back end. Well, let me introduce that guest because he's got some great words of wisdom for us and specifically for those parents who have gone through the transformational process of having their kids in residential care. Mm-hmm. Dr. Tim Thane is founder of Homeward Bound. That's an organization that helps families handle the transition of bringing their teens and young adults back home after they've been away in treatment at wilderness programs or therapeutic boarding schools or residential treatments, uh, just like Shepherd's Hill. 
Tim is also the author of a book that we love. It's called Not By Chance, How Parents Boost Their Teen Success in and Out of Treatment. Uh, By the way, Tim fills any free time he finds with milking the family cow, work projects with his five children, dating his wife, Roxanne, training his horses, cheering on his favorite sports teams, and then milking the cow again. (laughs) I think we could use him on staff here at Shepherd's Hill Academy. My dad used to show me how to milk a mouse, and he'd take your little finger and squeeze it. it But Tim, Tim, welcome to Licensed Parent, brother. Oh, thank you, Trace. Thank you, Rich. It's an honor to be on your program today. We'll be we'll be sending out a job application <laughs> shortly, so you can work in our horse pasture here. There you go. Honor <laughs> hey, to have you. Don't tempt me. I I just might do it. <laughs> Tim, I found your book to be spot on, man. Thank you for writing it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about Homeward Bound, and then what prompted you to write uh, Not by Chance? Yeah, Homeward Bound uh, specifically really came after I had founded a wilderness treatment program uh, and saw the incredible change that would happen in that setting. And uh, you guys are utilizing some of those principles um, there at Shepherd's Hill, it sounds like, very effectively. And being able to, you know, just almost, you know, week to week, see these incredible changes happen as a therapist and and then, you know, in my mind, I, I'm looking at the brightness come back into the child's eyes, you know, the young adult or the adolescent's eyes, and seeing the, the parents reunite, come back together with their, their kids, you know, a few weeks into the program, and kind of like Crocodile Dundee. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, but Years ago. He, he's got these, yeah, if you remember, they've got this, this little thing that they swing on a string, it's, a, it's like a paddle, and it vibrates, and you can send you know this vibration and this uh, this this noise you know long distances. And so we'd bring parents out there into the wilderness with us, and we'd give them one of these, and their 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 boy'd be up on a hill somewhere, and they'd have to call to each other through this mechanism, through this bull roar, and then they'd come and find each other. And I would sprint up the hill and try and position myself so that I could see them come together. It was almost sacred. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to interrupt it, mm-hmm. so I'd kind of hide behind a bush. But at the same time, I just could not look away. Yeah. It was just incredible. But I'd see these incredible changes happen, and then all too often they'd go home, and uh, I had my own career crisis that, that I talk about in the book, but it changed me from being thrilled to do this wilderness treatment to thinking somebody's got to fill this gap that exists after treatment. And it felt like I was supposed to. There really wasn't anything like it that existed. And it was quite scary to start because I was taking this big leap of faith that we could innovate and create something that was much better than just saying, make sure you got an outpatient therapist when this is all over. And so we went to the research and started looking at okay, how do we build something that is based on true principles, that's based on solid evidence? I just kept digging, and what I found was there were three main factors associated with long-term success that really led. Obviously, there's thousands of factors that that affect long-term success, but these three were really at the top of the list. And the first one was the parent's engagement during treatment. Mm-hmm. When I first read that and saw that theme going on, I thought, that seems so superficial. Really? You mean if I do my parent calls or if I go visit when I'm supposed to do the workshops or whatever, I'm going to have a better outcome? Mm-hmm. Well, 
You you will because Absolutely. the parents who care the most they will sacrifice and do that. And what happens is they're actually learning and changing and growing right alongside their teen, no doubt. the ones who are engaged. So that was one I knew had to be, uh, you know, it, so that pointed to the parents. And then the second one was, and, and these are in no particular order, these, these are just the big three, was the structure, the, the emotional climate of the home, the consistency, the unity, essentially the environment of the home and family culture was a huge predictor of long-term outcomes. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't surprise any of us, does it? Um, And then third thing was whether the family system as a whole was the focus of aftercare. There needed to be this ongoing support. And, uh, you know, we're on radio here, so we can't show pictures, but, but I use, uh, I use a picture to describe what happens. And if you can imagine, if all your guests out there can imagine a, a puzzle that does, there's no picture on it, but it's just one color and the middle piece of that puzzle is missing. Yeah. Listen, folks, this is good. (laughs) But if you, you look at that missing piece, you can clearly see the outline of that that piece that's missing. Mm-hmm. And I liken that missing piece to the teen that's in the treatment program. Um, and while that teen is there and, and Shepherd's Hill being totally unplugged and going through that process and uh, resetting everything, they are changing and growing and you're, you're going to have a different shape metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something that I've learned as I've dealt with, you know, the continuum of care over the years, and that is that the more uh, structured and more unique and novel the environment, the faster the change tends to occur oh, yeah. in a teen. However, the, the flip side of this, and this is natural law at work here, that because of that fast change, that's what you get in a, in a good program. But the flip side is, is that the changes you see there are, are still very tentative mm-hmm. and fluid. They're real, yeah. but they're not set up in the complex, challenging environment that you look back on that puzzle mm-hmm. sitting there on the table with that missing piece. And if you brought that team back in and you, you uh, put them back in that same context, yeah. It, and because it's kind of fluid and, and certainly moldable, over time it's going to flow back into the container that's around it, yeah. uh, that, that old puzzle piece, that old shape. Mm-hmm. And so what we found, and again, you go back to the research I just shared with you, if you can help the family, if you can help the, particularly the parents to change some key things in their in their family, in themselves, during the time the teen's away, then they're coming back to a different setting that's going to facilitate the right shape for that teen to kind of flow back into when he or she comes home. So that's really the philosophy of Homeward Bound. This this is not unlike what happens uh, with the life change that Jesus Christ brings. When we accept Christ, when we leave a sinful life, that may involve hanging out with the wrong crowd, for example, we come Christ's sacrifice on the cross um, and and the gift of the Holy Spirit reshapes us as creatures. We are a new creature in Christ. 
But I know so many people who have realized that part of what shaped them the wrong way was being in the wrong crowd. And so when they move into a new crowd of like-minded believers, that reinforces what they've learned. And so I, I guess know, I'd say we're, we're seeing the same type of thing here. You've got, mm-hmm. to, yeah. you've got to take yourself out of the bad environment and right. move into a reformed environment. Yeah, you, you no longer fit very well in the crowd you came out of. You actually fit better in a, in a, in a different crowd that is right. more compatible mm-hmm. to the shape that you're in now. Yeah. Tim, so, so many parents have bought the notion that because their child has been in, in a therapeutic facility for a year or so that, you know, that's, that's the end of it. Uh, you know, my new and improved kid is now an auto, autopilot uh, towards success. Uh, besides, I'm not the one in treatment. I'm just too busy working to pay for my kid's healing to be, you know, any more involved than I already am. What would you like to say to, a, uh, to that kind of parent right now that may, may have this mindset? Trace, that is a type of parent that we've definitely run into with that paradigm. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't very long ago. I had a father I was talking to on the phone, and, and his son had come home from a treatment program and had been home two or three months, and, and uh, he was starting to really struggle again. Mm-hmm. And he was calling us to see if we could come and intervene at that point, even though his son had been home a little while. And he said something to me that, that helped me realize a lot of people need some education about the impact of, you know, the difference between a car and a person. Because <laughs> he said, he said, Tim, when you, when you take your car into the shop to get it fixed, let's say the transmission is not working well, you take it into the shop to get fixed, and you pay a lot of money to get that to happen, don't you expect it to work when you drive it, drive it out of the shop? I said, yeah, I sure do. He said, well, my son, you know, we did that. We sent him to this treatment program to help him and get him on track. And, and I'm just really frustrated right now with the program because, you know, it's just not working. And we, we went through a lot of sacrifice to make this happen. Well, I had a really hard time not immediately trying to help him understand the difference between a human system and a, and a you know, mechanical system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that is a mentality. And, I, I am, you know, our goal is we want to help, as you explained with this, uh, you know, as we talked a little bit about this puzzle, we want to help reshape. The ideal scenario is help the family context reshape and be prepared before the teen comes home, and then support them as they kind of hold that together uh, going forward. And Mm -hmm. that's why I wrote the book, Not By Chance. Um, My wife kept saying, Tim, you need to write this book to help these parents with all that you've learned. You know, you worked with, you know, hundreds and hundreds of families in their homes after treatment. You've got a lot of information they need to have on the front end. And uh, I kept putting it off because every year we would, we would learn there's another layer to the onion. Yeah, <laughs> and no I doubt kept about thinking, it. Gall, I can't write it yet, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, um, I'm, I'm going to miss something if I do. But finally, we did put it in the book. And one of the things that, that's our biggest, one of our biggest passions right now is helping treatment programs really beef up the parent side of this by um, having their parents both read the book. And we've created a, a 17 video segment. Um, series uh, called the Not By Chance Parent Program, 
And it's meant to help them do all this work and start to reshape their environment while their team is away. So ideally, they're working and changing and growing right alongside their team. No doubt about it. I can tell you one of the first things I tell kids, I meet every kid that comes through here. I have my little two-minute spiel I go through. And one of the things I say to every kid, just so you know, during your year here, we will be on the other side of the curtain working with your moms and dads while you're here. And Tim, their body posture changes, their 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 countenance changes. It's like you've just given me hope. You mean you're actually going to hold my parents accountable mm-hmm. to it as part of this equation? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they've got mental telepathy too, <laughs> and they they kind of hold they 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 don't really go forth their own changes for whatever reason, whether they don't have hope, whether they don't believe their parents will change. But as soon as they kind of sense the changes are real on their parents' side, mm-hmm. progress happens Absolutely. in them. It's amazing. Absolutely. We're talking today on Licensed to Parent with Dr. Tim Thane. He's founder of Homeward Bound, an organization helping families bring their teens and young adults back home after they've been away in uh, residential treatment programs. Tim is also the author of the book we're talking about today, Not By Chance, How Parents Boost Their Teen Success in and Out of Treatment. You'll find that book online at Amazon.com. And the video course that Tim mentioned is available online as well at NotByChance.com. Back with more conversation with our guest, Dr. Tim Thane, when Licensed to Parent continues. Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by screens. Have we entered into a techno-utopia or a virtual prison? Is our social experience richer and deeper or more shallow and artificial? Discover insightful answers to these questions in the documentary DVD, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media-Captive Culture. You'll learn from media experts, church leaders, and inspiring individuals and families from across the country, including Trace Embry and students from Shepherds Hill Academy. Most importantly, you'll discover how God's Word addresses the unique media challenges we face today. Captivated, finding freedom in a media-captive culture. Available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. President and CEO of Answers and Genesis in the Creation Museum. And I just want to say how much I appreciate Licensed to Parent Broadcast. I am so thrilled to know that there are those out there who are standing on the authority of God's Word in this age of compromise, but teaching parents how to build their thinking on the Word of God and to pass on that spiritual legacy to the next generation. So often we see that spiritual legacy being lost. And we need more people listening to broadcasts like License to Parent so that they will know how to pass on that spiritual legacy to the next generation. With the generous gifts from people just like you, we're able to provide parents with practical insights to navigate the challenges families face in today's culture, as well as helping troubled teens in our year-long residential program. To learn more and to donate, visit LicenseToParent.org.
Once again, our guest on Licensed to Parent today, Dr. Tim Thane. He's the founder of Homeward Bound and author of the book, Not By Chance, How Parents Boost Their Teen's Success in and out of treatment. Tim, we have had a good conversation so far, but we want to get to the nuts and bolts of this and uh, and find out really what it looks like. When you're called in, sometimes that's after the teens have already left a residential program. Sometimes it may be while they're in and the parents want to see what transition is going to look like and how you may be able to help. What does that look like? What do you do? Um, first of all, we want to get our arms around all of the uh, pieces of the puzzle, going back to that analogy. We want to understand the team that's been in treatment. We want to get to know them before treatment and what's happened during treatment, the changes they've made. And then we want to know about their context they're going back to. And we, we want to know about the family system, the strengths and challenges they have. We want to understand uh, who, are the, who are the people in their lives that are part of their inner circle that uh, can fill the, the void and, and help the, the teen uh, feel affirmed for the, the growth they've made. We call it the home team. And so we're gathering all of this information on all the other puzzle pieces in this, in this equation. Um, this is done through interviews uh, with the parents. We, we gather any psychological testing or other information that the therapist in the program can give us. And, and then we start to create what we call the family transition plan. So the coach will take all that information and immediately start to sense, okay, there, here's a way we can change the environment a little bit. Here's a way we can strengthen the couple. Here's a way we can help the parents engage differently. And so you start to get a sense for how to reshape things. The next thing we do is we, we uh, help for kind of prepare for discharge. We'll collaborate very closely with the treatment program, um, helping to uh, having them get us up to speed and, and giving them our ideas about how to set this up right. As the teen is getting close to the end of treatment, we call that the excitement phase. There's usually a lot of excitement on one hand and anxiety on the mm-hmm. other. Um, that's all normal. All right. But there's things that the parents can do during that time that really prepare for this transition. Mm. They then, the teen then comes home, and they're in what we call the honeymoon phase. And this is all in the book, by the way. There's a diagram, and it kind of it goes through all of this information. But... As far as our process, we want to do a home visit during the honeymoon phase. So you actually come to the house? Yeah, so we physically will come to the house. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got coaches that are scattered around the country. They're all therapists, uh, but they've got this this model that's not more therapy. It's actually uh, much more powerful in a lot of ways than therapy. But they'll come into the home, Mm -hmm. and we spend the better part of three days with the family we usually don't sleep there. <laughs> I had a dad early on say, I want you to stay in our home, and while you're there, I'm going to wring every bit of piled higher and deeper out of you that I can. He was referring to my Ph.D. And uh, I, I realized then, because you know, when I went to bed at 2.30 in the morning, um, that we probably better stay in a hotel <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, to, to be able to be fresh the next day. Yep. But it's an incredible experience going into the home. Mm-hmm. Um, parents call us the wilderness for parents. We've had that referred many times. And, and what we're doing is very practical. We're setting in place the foundation 
for them to be able to na- navigate the phases of transition because after the honeymoon phase, we move into the testing phase. And every team does it, every family does it. And as you, as you know and you've seen, that's when parents start to feel some lack of hope. They start to feel desperate. They start to wonder if they made the right decision in, in getting treatment in the first place sometimes. Mm-hmm. But if they're prepared, then they actually use this as an opportunity to redefine themselves as parents. So during that three-day home visit, we're putting this whole foundation down to help them uh, successfully navigate all this parenting principles, uh, communication, problem solving. And my favorite thing is we're surrounding them with their community of support. So it's not just them doing it alone, but they're involving their friends, their pastors. It's an authoritative community model that uh, Harvard and Yale and, and UCLA and Emory, all these big schools got together. Actually, it was the YMCA USA with, uh, I think it was 36 mental health and child care professionals from these big schools across America. And they wrote a book called Hardwired to, to Connect, uh, the new scientific case for authoritative communities. But it's exactly what you're talking about here. Uh, which is exactly what we're trying to produce here at Shepherd's Hill, as other programs do as well. Uh, but let me ask you this. As a, as a program director myself, one of, the, one of the most common questions I get is, um, what's your success rate? So h- how should someone like me or someone like you answer that question uh, when a parent asks, uh, given the different criteria and perspectives on what success should actually look like? <laughs> That's a great question, Trace. Early on, when we first started Homeward Bound 12 years ago, the only families we worked with were families that were predicted to fail by the treatment team. They didn't believe they were going to be successful. Maybe the parents couldn't afford to continue with treatment or just did short-term treatment because they just couldn't afford more. Mm -hmm. And um, we were only dealing with families that were supposed to fail. And you know how scary that is as an entrepreneur and someone starting something new. But we really were, were vigilant in making sure we had parents who would buy into the model. And after uh, about five years, we did a survey of our parents, and we asked them essentially, you know, from your perspective, as you define success, parents, would you say that the, the treatment along with our aftercare services were successful? And we asked a few questions to try and assess that. We had almost 85% of the families who responded said, it has been a success. Not, not an easy success, but, and there's been some bumps along the way, but we consider it a success. Is there an easy success? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Our guest on today's program is Dr. Tim Thane, the founder of Homeward Bound, which uh, I encourage you to look up online. That, again, is an organization helping families bring their teens and young adults back home after treatment programs. But he's also author of the book we're talking about, Not By Chance, How Parents Boost Their Teens' Success in and Out of Treatment. And you'll find that book online at Amazon.com. And also the uh, the video series that Tim mentioned is available online at NotByChance.com. Tim, thanks so much for joining us Thank today. You, sir. It has been my pleasure. Thank you, Rich. Thank you, Trace. Mm. Thank you. And this is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You'll find us online at LicensedToParent.org. We produce this program to share some of the hard lessons that come from working with troubled teens day after day in the hopes that your family will avoid some of that heartache and avoid the need for a residential program for your teen. 
As always, if you can help us financially, and we hope that you will, please click the donate button. That's at the top of the page at licensedparent.org and become one of our ministry partners. Your gift can help the work we do at Shepherd's Hill. It can help provide scholarship aid to families who may need residential care but can't afford it. And it helps us keep this radio program on the air week after week. Click the donate button when you visit us at licensedparent.org. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.